0: Back to System Ministrivia, the podcast where Jathan doesn't know how to operate software. This is Brent. I'm
1: Yonatan. And I'm Peyton. Yonatan. Oh my god. You should
0: make it a thing where you, like, you change your name every greeting. Who, me?
1: Yeah, you. Jesus. Well, it, it really, it's like the only element of surprise in an episode, so I gotta keep people engaged. That's my job. <laughs> true. Also, <laughs> that is not how you drink scotch, my friend. I kind of oh, yeah. like this, actually.
0: So it's we bad should bad. we should clarify. So we normally use mumble. In between us and Hayden and I are working fine. We're working great. We're
2: better than great. We're, We're better than great.
0: great. Japhan can't seem to get his mumble working correctly. We can hear him
1: just fine, but he can't hear us. I've tried mumble. everything. I reinstalled mumble
0: and yeah, I Yeah. Restarted yeah, yeah. my whole
1: computer whatever. Doesn't... So the point anyway. is,
0: we are using Google Hangouts for at least just for this episode. So now J-Thon and Hayden have their cameras going. I turned my camera off. Because I For whatever reason i have shitty enough Fan this is So Which I shouldn't Because I'm on I'm on Fios And I've got a pretty good Up and down
2: Yeah there's gotta be Something wrong there I wonder Yeah I don't know I wonder what, what like your, uh, your I feel like it's
0: a housemate Honestly Somewhat... I feel like they're Streaming Netflix or something Every time I record No they're not Streaming Netflix It feels like torrenting. So torrenting. or Torrenting No my I don't think my housemate's are Really torrent I don't think so You know what I'm saying
1: Maybe they watch a lot of porn all the time.
0: Wait,
1: are, are they <laughs> I don't think that's gonna do it, number one. It's kind of like the witching hour for porn when we record, isn't it? Yeah,
0: the Excuse me, the what? Well, nobody watches porn at like 6 a.m.,
1: really, unless they're still awake from the night before, but like 9 o'clock all right, or 9 a.m. I'm not judging, I'm just
2: saying nobody <laughs> Brent, does it. He said the witching hour for porn, okay? <laughs> the witching hour for porn is what he said. Like, there's a, there's right. a, there's a witching hour. <laughs> Um, for you porn. I is, got it. This is not Utah, buddy. Sorry. It's when people hop up on there. By the way, you know that Utah has the highest amount of Oh, porn the
0: highest? Yeah, yeah. In the United
2: States. That's not surprising. Yeah, I remember saying that. Well, I mean, they're-
0: yeah, they're a bunch of stuff. I guess. Be, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever. Alright, what were- what were you saying, Jaython? About why you couldn't get Mumble to work?
1: Oh, well, I really wasn't saying anything more about it. Just that it wasn't working. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was watching too much porn and I got a virus. <laughs> It's the witching hour. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh,
0: it's gonna be a long-ass episode it is, is
1: alright really wonder if that's a problem man better contact Pornhub and ask them hey uh
2: by the way I found, found out today the, uh, Yeah. this could uh, not be a good story that Pornhub has a VR
1: section I think I knew that
0: already
2: yeah I actually think that I heard that and if that. not that's not. kind of
0: common sense Porn but is basically has been the driving force of the most oh, yeah, absolutely. for like the last 30 years
2: well Betamax and VHS the reason why they went to VHS because
0: of the porn industry Yeah, DVD and Divix
2: Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
0: Absolutely. What? <laughs> what a fucking weirdo? Don't, no, you're 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 too young. Don't worry about it.
1: I'm worrying about it. No, you're freaking me out. You, you don't, turn your don't, video you. off, Dayton.
0: Divix was a thing at one point. Don't worry about it. Do
1: you know where your and... camera
0: is? <laughs> Can you not? Oh my gosh, this is why I hate video, it's so distracting. I I have this, I literally have it off screen, like I I tucked it under everything else so I wouldn't have to look at it. (laughs) I thought he was cute for a while. Because meanwhile, Jaython's sitting there, like, just staring at the video (laughs) feed.
1: I'm not, I'm actually looking at the notes. Okay, gosh.
0: Alright, so anyways, this episode we actually have some content. Um, Yeah, we do. We'll be talking a lot more in-depth about, like, VPNs that you can implement for your country. I almost said for your country for your company (laughs) this isn't china and we'll be now it's a really complex topic actually both of these are but we'll be covering some basics about email um Mm -hmm. i want to keep it kind of light for this episode and maybe go more in depth about email later on but for now you know we'll just keep it pretty service yeah
1: what's everyone drinking go ahead jayton oh i am drinking a seasonal brew from uh, avery brewing company which is in boulder it's called chai high it is an ale With spiced chai tea added. I thought it was going to be really nasty, but it's actually not so bad. I don't mind it. Cool, man. Paid him.
2: I am drinking my Grant's Blended Scotch Whiskey, the Family Reserve. Family owned. Established 1887. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's almost gone. When you have people over drinking with you, it tends to go by fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have my good old standby standby. Wow. Stand by?
1: <laughs>
0: my standby knob creek. Stand by, stand
1: by. Creek. <laughs> I feel like you haven't had knob creek in a long ass time. Yeah, dude. Mm. Mm mm.
0: Mm No? No, I, I I think I had it like three episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Mm. Hmm.
2: Okay.
0: Right. It's been recent. That's been recently. I'm fairly has certain. It, has
2: it really? Because I don't have to listen back. I don't recall you mentioning that uh, recently.
0: Well, conveniently, you can search the the notes for not. That's brief. very
2: true. I should do a grep on the notes and see if I can pull. Out.
0: You don't need. You don't even need a grep. You can just do it. You can oh. search it right in the wiki. Yeah. And it conveniently arranges the results in order of when the episodes were released
2: what no so. way you mean our website is that awesome that it does that no it's not no, but no
0: way <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does that but it's not i wouldn't say it's awesome it's, <laughs> i i really need to get back to work on that
2: yeah we i need to help too with that so okay are we ready for other fun and exciting things here yes i think we're ready for news news yeah. All right. Did, 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 this is Baden with the news. All right. So, the first start item we have up is the Reddit article quitting a now one man IT shop and this is actually from the IT Career Questions subreddit and a gentleman joined an, an IT department for a mid-sized law firm and there were four people there. There was a database guy, there was a help desk guy, and then a help desk girl, but she also did application training. And then there was this gentleman who was the server and infrastructure guy. And then all of a sudden their support staff was was slashed. The IT was not spared. The database guy and help desk guy were terminated. So the two, the two senior guys. And then, uh, so it was just just left to this, this server infrastructure guy and the help desk girl. She left to salvage her relationship because she was working every other Saturday and, and all kinds of things. Basically his question was is he, he had a question was does should he feel bad for leaving? And a lot of the responses were undecidedly no you should not because they really don't value your you know your where you are, so to speak. So anyway that's gonna be on our on our notes there. The next thing we have is that Edward Snowden has designed a phone case to detect data monitoring. Now I saw this and my first thought was, how? And the image is I guess an iPhone and it's got some extra pins on it. It looks like it doesn't actually fit in there because I just had an iPhone 6 open and I can tell you that there's not enough space for this kind of crap in here. But apparently the case is supposed to alert when uh, when you it monitors your Wi-Fi, Bluetooth cell data and radio usage. and it's supposed to alert via the case when it detects something. It's a prototype and it's a very for purchase or some such there's not a lot on it actually i just i I found it i found it interesting because he's like hey look it'll detect data monitoring well how you know
0: it seems like more snake oil to me but sure
2: absolutely just it's just in my opinion it's just another thing that's like people are like edward Snowden is the best he's a hold on a minute you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything the next
0: signal use tor (laughs)
2: <laughs> sorry keep going uh, that's okay so the next thing is also another reddit article about adding shebang lines to your vim files automatically and i kind of wanted to just bring this up in the news and then maybe talk about it just just for a couple minutes because we did talk about scripting last time mm-hmm. and uh, basically my thought was you know do you guys agree with having something like this in your in your vim rc or whatever mm, i vote no uh
1: yeah i yeah i i, I it seems easy for one. Yeah. But also, like, for me, especially at work right now... I always use Python three, but some people are still stuck on Python two. So we implemented like I basically implemented a policy. So I have a Git hook that checks if your shebang that includes Python has a two or three appended, and if it doesn't, it rejects it.
0: <laughs> well, my my thing with it is, ideally, I would like to, if at all, because it doesn't seem like that much of a time saver. Because you really open a new script every time you write one. And you're not like you don't have to do it every time, you know. Mm-hmm. If it had like a dot sh, and you know it it had the logic to check the file name and prepend that. To the top of the the document, if it wasn't there already. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being useful, but I don't think the actual VimRC. Syntax is complete enough to support that, mm-hmm. the optional sort of detection. On the other hand, there are, I believe, Vim plugins already that can set up like template files for you. Yeah. So you can, yeah. you can, you know, so that functionality would technically be already there and with more features. So right. I i don't think the way it's presented would probably be really idealistic.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I saw it and I was like, man, this would be something I'd like to, you know, get these guys' opinion and, and- you know, push it out to our, our yeah. listeners and whatnot too. Hey, what's your thoughts? You know, so I mean, really, my
0: my I, I'm inclined to say no, just because it's it doesn't seem like that much of a time saver. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You gotta you gotta draw the search for efficiency. At, you gotta draw the line for that somewhere. So right, right, right. So the next bit of
2: news we have is that EFF goes to Washington to fight against the changes to Rule 41. Now, Rule 41 is
0: actually... is if there is if it's on the internet, there is porn of it. No,
2: that's Rule 43. <laughs> Uh, there's know, a little no committee pros- Proposes to grant new hacking powers to the government So this basically is like a mass hack Sort of thing The mm-hmm. EFF is fighting this
0: Like what we were talking about with, Was it Pigpen
2: what was it called? Uh, Play pen, yeah. Play pen, yeah. So, yeah. this basically will allow, if Congress doesn't do anything about it, so it's it's set to go into effect uh, mm-hmm. in two months, less than two months. It'll make it easier than ever for the FBI to infiltrate, monitor, copy data from, inject malware into, and otherwise damage computers remotely. Now, remember, of course, we had that ruling we reported on a few episodes ago where the judge said that if it's connected to the internet, you don't have a right to privacy. So, mm-hmm. this is also something similar to that. And, you know, they'll be able to just, you know, oh, we think he's got something on there, so we're going to go ahead and, and cover him on and find out what's going on there. So uh, let's keep an eye out for that. Last bit of news: Samsung is stopping sales of the Galaxy Note 7. Obviously, if you're if you unless you've been living under a rock, you're aware that the Note 7 explodes while being charged. There are reports of people who are recommending them getting fireproof boxes to send them back to Samsung. Samsung has experienced an 8% drop. And stock prices for Samsung Electronics. Yeah, I would not keep using your Note Seven if you have one. Get get rid of it. And that's it for the news.
0: I and you know what? I almost got a uh, a Note Seven. <laughs> Glad I didn't. Yeah, and i and I thought it was bad that my uh, that my HTC One M8s like the the charger port keeps snapping. What really? Yeah, like it, I mean, granted, like it's had a couple of falls while it was plugged in. So the stress didn't help, but it would still use a, was a micro USB thing. Yeah. And that's kind of prone to to failure in that way. I got a, I think we mentioned, I think I mentioned it. I got a
2: Huawei. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Huawei? However you pronounce it. I got one of those Nexus 6Ps and it's got the new USB-C charger. And that feels a lot more sturdy. But yeah, I needed to replace the HTC when it when my replacement HTC died. Yeah. And I was looking at the at the Galaxy 7. You know, I was like looking at reviews, be like, all right, what is what is the best mobile device on the market that I can use as a phone? And for whatever reason, that got by and far the largest commendations. But also it catches on fire. So I thought but maybe I'll skip on that. Don't really want to start a fire in my pants unless it's a sexy kind of fire. You
2: know? <laughs> oh, oh my god! No, you
0: don't have to worry about that. Oh my I god. mean, not with not with you fuckers.
2: Wow, dude! Wow, <laughs> wow! All right. So. I got to tell you, it was really, uh, really great seeing you. Besides De, by the way, mm-hmm. that was a good time. There was some some good stuff there. I was, I went to the VR PSA or whatever it was, and yeah, I was a little. I mean, he, he had some good points. I'm gonna leave it at that. I, think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that speaker, and it. I put it this way: that talk was something I should have expected. So
2: yeah, he was he was a little bit of an alarmist, I would say, just a, just a mm-hmm. little bit. And I mean that's okay. You know, you need to be you need to be aware of these things. You need to be you know ready to
0: yeah consider the, the possibility,
2: but don't sure.
0: don't present it as irrefutable right. future kind of a thing. Sure. Yeah,
2: right, right. And some of the stuff he was talking about, I was just like, you've never been in a combat zone before, have you? And
0: yeah, for those new listeners, because I know we might have a couple after B-sides. Definitely. Cause I got, I, oh, yeah, you weren't there Friday. On Friday, at the first talk I attended, I got got a couple people interested in the in the show. So. Oh, good. So if you're new to us, welcome. You know, go back through the archives. But Peyton is uh, inactive marine corps is is that what they say inactive
2: no i'm no I, longer active no, not I'm active former active duty i guess former active the, okay yeah former
0: active duty marine corps mm-hmm. so he has seen actual battle and these stop, stop. no no,
2: no I've, I've not seen actual battle you or, weren't deployed no i i never deployed because i was in i thought you in, were no i was in when clinton was, was in office so the time uh, of the, the time of the great peace activists there uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. That's what I had
0: to deal with. No, okay, no. I, so I
2: never pressed to being deployed. Sorry. I'm got terrified. it. No,
0: you you didn't, but I, I that was the assumption I made based uh, on okay. stories that's... I've heard from you tell, but got it. So that was all domestic. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that.
2: No worries. No worries. Not everyone yeah. to go anywhere. But, anyways, <laughs> the
0: point being, yeah. Hayden has significantly more hands on experience, I'll, I'll say, with the armed forces than this particular speaker did. And I think it showed. So, yeah, that's. But yeah, B-Sides was good. It was good. I will probably be a B-Sides Philly. I managed to snag a ticket. If you don't have a ticket already, don't even bother getting on the waiting list because it's it's... You're not gonna get a ticket. Sorry.
2: Is there? Um, have you seen the the talks and the speakers and whatnot for that? Or
0: no, we were talking about this just just before we started recording. Well, I was. Um, I, I was, haven't seen you know, any of the talks listed. No.
2: I'd be curious to see what's actually gonna happen. I mean, they're sold out, and there's no there's no speakers yeah. or anything like that. You know.
0: But I mean, B sides are again like really grassroots. So it's sure. de is is sides Stellaware is is like one of the more put together ones. Yeah. And even then, they're kind of slipshod. So sure. like no. No offense to you, to you B-Sides organizers out there. I know you work hard and all, but like, you know, it's, it's a free con and, you know, sometimes these things happen,
2: but that's okay.
0: You know, that's, I, that's part of what makes B-Sides B-Sides.
2: I thought it was a, I thought it was a great con. I, I really, I did. There's a lot of really good knowledge out there. The presenters, the, the organizers best definitely, uh, I feel like did a good job mm. in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be at B-Sides Philly, I th- did you manage to get tickets, Peyton?
2: I did not. I'm okay. hoping Payton that some may or may not drop, be there, but we'll see. Yeah,
0: Peyton may extra legally <laughs> gain <laughs> access. We'll see if we can we can shunt him in, and then I'm also going to be at PumpCon, which is more grassroots. That's more grassroots than B sides. They don't have tickets. They don't have talk lists. They don't even have organized talks. Let's just kind of get up and, and give a talk. Sort oh PumpCon? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they they're, they're so actually So I'll be yeah, there too. That, yeah, I, I to do that. like Pump I would say PumpCon's my favorite. My oh, favorite yeah? con ever. And it's the smallest that I, I know of. It's very small. Growing every year, of course, but it's yeah, it's it's very small, very intimate. So that's my favorite. How did we get to talking to, Oh B sides, yeah. You're yeah, B sides. Obviously that that was East Coast and Jason already made his East Coast con trip for the year, I guess. Whatever. What? <laughs> what do you mean whatever? <laughs> He we told to, you to come
2: what to uh,
1: hope
0: no 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 b-sides oh, oh he he came to hope yeah but yeah i, I told him to come to b-sides and he did
1: he showed up i only oh. went to hope to see beaches <laughs> i okay. didn't know then but in hindsight <laughs> that's what happened
0: okay in hindsight retroactively yep yeah i don't know let are you guys ready to move on to discussion
1: yeah oh Sunday? yeah oh, okay yeah.
2: Snippity, um,
0: first up we've got Setting up corporate VPNs. Boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. The- what the right? What the fuck
2: was that, dude? No,
0: no, no. We're just gonna, we're just gonna <laughs> glaze past that. That's the VPN <laughs> noise, dude. <laughs> That's not what a VPN sounds like at all. I I don't think VPN sounds like anything. That's I don't know what that was. That was R2D2. Huh. All right.
2: That wasn't that wasn't even R2D2. I, I got to <laughs> ask for you. That wasn't even close to R2. That's weird.
1: I just always thought that was the VPN noise. <laughs> no.
2: But now I
0: might rig up all my all my devices with speakers to play that sound whenever I successfully <laughs> connects. <laughs> I'll rip it I'll rip it directly from the episode raw and
2: I'll <laughs> <laughs> I want that for my text. Anyways. Phone.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> so there's there's a couple options you can do. For a while, the ever-present one was the quote-unquote Microsoft VPN. Mm-hmm. Was like the eponymous corporate VPN. And that uses PPTP. Was it because however, it was easy?
1: I presume. I, I don't know. And was that really? I'm sorry. For I would say questions. just
0: prep. I would say prevalence more than anything. Just Windows had a much bigger share back then. So Linux has
1: gradually been overtaking that. But so you're saying, was it designed for Windows server or was it for Windows clients? Both. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then a little bit later, you had a, a Linux version that can function as both a client and a server. Sure. Okay. Anyways, however, that is known broken. So don't use it. It's so broken at this point that the new iOS and Mac OS, Mac OS, which is yeah. the, the next iteration of OS X, Mac OS Sierra. Sierra. They have stripped, totally stripped support for PPTP. So that's how bad it is. When Apple actually makes a decision that something's insecure and they actually do something about it. Wait, really? You know it's pretty bad. Wait, really? really? Yeah. They,
2: they've they've completely they drop
1: support for pptp yep wow. yeah we actually announced that as a news item i think i think
0: yeah yeah i they think did. we did so you know when apple actually makes a stance on something security wise it's a big issue
2: because i don't know why i didn't remember that that's wow okay
0: yeah So there's that. There is IPsec, which is typically the protocol that Cisco VPN gateways use. They use a very specific subset of IPsec, you know, IPsec, IP1, and and so on and so forth. Specific configuration of it. IPsec is a very complicated thing, because there are so many ways of setting it up. You can define... You know, certain algorithms, ciphers, certain connection rules, certain policies, certain ways. Like, if you're coming from this network, you can only connect to this one. Whereas if you're coming from this network, you can connect to all these networks. You know, very, very complex setup. Very, very prone to that, I should say. Mm -hmm. But it is now probably the only widely supported VPN protocol that still has a good open source implementation. And it is fairly secure. If you know what you're doing and you do it right... It is fairly secure, but that's pretty much the only thing you're going to find native VPN client support on, on like Android and iOS and macOS and stuff. IPsec would be the way to go there. Yeah. The only change there is Windows doesn't support the Cisco version of IPsec, you know, the Ike V1 and and Exoth. Not uh, by default. No, at all. No. You need to to install Shrewsoft
1: for it to even support it. I thought which is you a could third just party basically install, basically install like the Cisco AnyConnect client. The AnyConnect does not work on Windows 10 and maybe Windows 8. It, I think well, we need to verify that it, because at, I
0: well, all right. Listen, <laughs> I work for a VPN provider. I know that, so it's inaccurate. So it does work, but it requires a bunch of registry edit
1: no because reason and reason i'm even questioning this is yeah i actually just worked with a user today and i don't normally do desktop support but this person just wandered in and they're like hey i'm trying to get the vpn connected and we have cisco vpn at cu it's not something i maintain or we maintain it's a larger sort of campus deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person was running Windows 10 and our main campus IT organization had instructions posted for Windows 10 that we followed and it wasn't, I mean, we just installed a specific version of AnyConnect and it worked fine. Hmm, I haven't heard that even working. I will, uh, seen, I'll see if I can get permission even to mirror those instructions. Sure, yeah. but
0: From what I've seen, the only way to get AnyConnect working in Windows 10 is to edit the registry. But who knows? You may have like a, did you have, like a bundled installer for the client because maybe your bundle automatically applies to those changes
1: i would doubt it but i suppose anything's possible yeah
0: yeah so so there's that but it but windows does natively support ike 2 which is you know better but the problem is like it's not native natively supported on android and yeah it, it's a mess basically but it's there and it's more secure than pptp so whatever and there's a couple others there's microsoft's new vpn protocol sstp which i haven't really played around with because mostly because there is isn't really an open source server. There's was it SoftEther I think that does implement SSTP and it you know it runs on Linux cross platform open source but it just it seems it feels janky as hell so I I don't like using SoftEther even if I'm just using it to to test the configuration or something it just doesn't feel it feels gross using it yeah yeah it's not fun so there's stuff like that there's ones that are totally proprietary and you know there are maybe like five of those I think but they're not going to be worth the so don't don't bother with them and then my favorite is OpenVPN because it lets you it lets you do things at a much lower level and in a much more simple way than ipsec but it's just as if not stronger than ipsec so it'll get you up and running way faster again you can define how like what encryption algorithms you want to use for it, It supports compression, all these other things. But the difference is like you don't really need to take your time and set up a policy in the VPN. You can do that right at the firewall level because... OpenVPN is just that low level and it's it greatly simplifies everything about it and you can do so, and you can still do some really complex stuff with it. So that's my personal recommendation is OpenVPN. Now, the problem with that is there is nothing with a na- native client for that. I mean, except for like PFSense has a native client and server, I think, for OpenVPN. Yeah. And OpenWR, No openwrt doesn't anymore they used to have a fork that had it installed by default but i don't think they maintain that anymore Hmm. ddwrt has a fork with or has a version with openvpn client installed but for the most part like most operating systems mobile devices and stuff do not by default have an openvpn client installed so there's there's that to to consider i don't know has anyone else set up any sort of vpn for a, a corporate environment i have not had
2: i have not been able to basically my job is let me do things like that um, we have a guy who does who does all that and we use the cisco mm-hmm. any connect or i can use the open vpn since i use a linux os you mean open connect yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: okay yeah open connect is is the open source client alternative to any connect right mm-hmm. open connect and open vpn are different they're totally different
1: protocols. Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: What about you, Jathan? I know you've mentioned some hijinks with VPNing, Yeah, but I don't know how much you can go into on air.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I know i said it a million times, but just to reiterate, if you're only listening to this, our IT organization sort of works alongside or underneath the campus IT organization. So we just piggyback off their VPN. We have been having more and more issues with it though, like uh, back in the middle or middle, late July, somewhere in there, we were at a conference actually. And it was like the whole IT staff. And we were up in Fort Collins. So, you know, we were only about an hour away from campus. But while we were gone, main campus had this huge DNS issue and we couldn't actually access the VPN while we were gone. So why would, fortunately, why would that
0: prevent you from accessing the VPN?
1: I, I don't entirely know. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's a variety of things. One thing is the one thing I'll say is our VPN, I don't think is appropriately sized for the number of people that are trying to use it at any one time. Mm-hmm. Like there's times you just can't really get a lease for a DHCP address on the VPN. And God forbid, if anybody from IT is listening, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you how it is. Like, this is something I've experienced. So I have devised my own methods for accessing things in those situations. And I actually, I had never told anybody else at work about it until that day, but I was able to access things through those means. And they were a little sketched out at first, but it did actually prompt a conversation of whether or not we should run our own VPN. Because there's really only like six of us in my Mm -hmm. IT organization. And so I offered to set up OpenVPN for all of us and we haven't really revisited that discussion at the moment so I'm not really sure if we will end up doing that or not my guess is probably no Mm -hmm. which you know it's kind of whatever I never have had an issue getting in because I've got several ways of doing so and that's all I'm going to say about that
0: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and you bring up a good point like I don't know how big the allocation is for uh for that campus vpn that you use I'm presuming it's a 24 which is 100 and or uh, 254 Four usable addresses? No,
1: it's got to be way more than that, man. A
0: slash 24 is, is 254 addresses. No, so I mean... You're saying it's not a 24.
1: It, or there's like, it's round robin somehow to multiple subnets or something because I guarantee there's way more than that uh-huh. in terms of people that. using it. I don't know. Okay. I, I honestly, it might be
0: a 16, which is two 200- hundred. Fifty six raised two hundred fifty six minus two
1: or minus four. I mean, I just imagine the university in Boulder alone employs like thousands of people plus students, which is okay. thirty thousand. And at any point in time, if you need to access library resources or anything, the solution for that is a VPN. Hmm. So yeah, I don't. Mm. Yeah.
0: So, well, my the reason I, I go back to it though is is that's a, a good consideration. Is you not need to only consider that the the number of clients that you will be connected oh, absolutely. so you gotta yeah you gotta watch like system load which usually isn't that much of an issue you gotta watch network load which is gonna be where your big bottleneck is and more on that in a second and then you gotta look at you know like address space allocation right yeah make sure it's big enough to support everybody and the
1: other thing i'll say and this is gonna sound stupid as fuck coming from me because you all know or you know you who listen and actually like hear me speak words and say things, which is probably like two people. You know that I can only get to my uh, VPS if I'm on the VPN, my VPN mm-hmm. personally.
0: You put it on the same subnet as the, your uh, your school VPN, didn't you?
1: <laughs> no. Okay. What I was going to say mostly is if you are somebody who needs to have access at a moment's notice, I don't think you should just rely on a VPN for that.
0: Oh yeah. That did, that did bite you in the ass
1: recently. Well, As I predicted it would really. eventually. It didn't really bite me in the ass. I mean, I, well, I flat out said to you, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get disconnected. So I'll be back. But I also use, no, a, I feel like there was something that prompted that though. No, there, it was when I was trying to basically rig up multiple VPNs on a single system and I knew oh, that one yeah. was going to fuck over my routing table. But I also think, you know, I, again, and I've said it a million times, I can do that because Linode has Lish and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which again, I shouldn't just solely rely on that, but the chances of both of those things breaking at once are somewhat minimal, but also like there's nothing on my VPS except IRC really. So like if I need to get to IRC that bad, I can probably just log in somewhere <laughs> else. I I, I, mean, I guess,
0: but you know, further into that is if you know you're going to be have going to like have clients at home connecting, like, you know, for a staff VPN, you're going to have like road warriors is what they're called. People who telecommute or your sales team is on the road and they need to access like company only resources, stuff like that. It's important to take into consideration, number one, what their local, what their LAN allocation is going to be. Because you you don't want to conflict with that because that's going to cause major problems if you do. So usually I recommend picking something in a really strange RFC nineteen eighteen address space, like uh, 10.13.16 ten dot thirteen dot sixteen or one seven two dot five dot 20 or something you know like something really unlikely to be picked by another network yeah i would say as long as you stay out of the 192.168.0.0 slash 16 space that's going to account for uh maybe 90 percent, more than that maybe 98 percent of that land conflict issue but the weirder you can get with your with your subnet there the better and you know like i said clients and the the thing i wanted to mention about watching the bandwidth on that output and input Always, 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 and there are multiple reasons for this. But always use selective routing whenever possible. One of my big pet peeves is when I would get a gig and you know I would need to use their VPN, and they would just and they would keep full routing on, so like all of the traffic on that client would go through the VPN.
2: Yeah,
1: that bothers me. By so default, no- the CU VPN automatically routes everything. Yeah, yeah, most do. Stupid.
0: Which is which is it, the sign I, of a lazy net admin. Well, but yeah, well, no, no, hear me out. So number one. <laughs> It's a massive privacy invasion, right? I don't want all my tunnel, like, I don't care if it's being tunneled, I, I don't want to trace back to me, because it's it's not. That's why I, I telecommute, you know, like, I like my privacy. And I don't need all that being tunneled through your network where you can monitor it. And if you don't keep that privacy consideration in mind for your employee, your employers are gonna be unhappy. And number two, the sheer bandwidth use.
1: That's the big one.
0: Uh, corollary to that, the sheer bandwidth abuse. Recently, I was in a situation where I had to deal on the staff VPN with someone who was torrenting over our staff VPN. Oh, Jesus. Really? And didn't realize it. And didn't realize it. Yeah, and this is why this is part of the reason why I just think full routing is stupid. But yeah, they they had no idea. They apologized and everything, and it's all fixed up. It's 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 cleaned up. You know, I, I handled the DMCA. I've handled countless of DMcas at this point. I mean, I work for a VPN provider, so of course I have. Right. So you know, it's a non-issue at this point. But it's one of the things that can happen if your company implements a full routing VPN by default. So always use selective routing when you can, and you'll avoid you'll avoid so many problems like i i don't even know how to go into it it's it's just it's gonna make your life so much simpler taking that extra i don't know 15 minutes day whatever to actually sit down and categorize all the actual ips you need to add to be pushed as routes yeah it's so worth it it's so worth it so just go ahead and do it you know
2: i mean it, it falls into the whole you know don't be lazy you know actually do what you mm-hmm. need to do to make sure that your your uh network or your backup or whatever you know is, is where it should be you
0: know yeah exactly but as as far as protocol like what what type of vpn to pick i'd say that's largely up to you and and how much you want to invest into it i you know as i've said i'm very partial to open vpn and I'm, I'm sure it's apparent painfully
1: apparent to our listeners at this point do you think it's a viable solution for a huge corporation
0: well yeah uh... Well, that's a two-pronged thing. So, number one, it has like a very extensible authentication system. Mm-hmm. So you can you can it's really easy to write your own authentication plugin for OpenVPN. And you can Python, you can Bash. Yeah, you can use Pam. You can use Python. You can use Bash. Whatever you want. Like it's it's very flexible. It it basically just needs to check for a success result on the server. So as long as the server can access your your LDAP domain or what have you. It's very easy to do that. But, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit more flashy that you can show off to the CTO, they do have a quote-unquote corporate solution called OpenVPN AS, called Access Server. And that's pretty much plug and play. You know, that's very turnkey. They may, they try and make that as easy to use as possible. But yeah, so I would say it's it's viable, depending on whether you go with OpenVPN, the the open source community version, or OpenVPN... OpenVPN AS, the the paid for commercial version. Yeah. That's up to you and and what your the
1: limits and capabilities of your department are. Yeah,
0: mm, interesting. That in- does that answer your question
1: to an extent? Yeah, I guess I have never been obviously at the ripe age of twenty two in a position to make that kind of decision, <laughs> but. <laughs> The nice thing, I guess, about a paid-for service is kind of like, if you have some kind of issue with the VPN that's provided by somebody else, you don't get all the blowback necessarily. But, well, sti- but OpenVPN AS
0: is still self-hosted, but you you have the option for corporate support is the difference Got there. It. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other and thing- a web GUI.
0: The Open VPN AS uh, does come with a web GUI as well.
1: But... <laughs> 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 it is. I'm not going to click through that shit. Fuck that. I'll puppetize it. Alright, what's, what's, uh, all all right. Right. what's the down, other down, thing? We're down, we're down. Well, it it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, a lot of times I argue, like, people will make that kind of argument. And I'm sort of playing devil's advocate because I don't tend to go that way. I would always use an open source alternative if I could. Like, Mm. for where I work, the size of our VM infrastructure, I'd rather be using a fucking kvm-based solution than vmware because i think for what we pay for vmware and i don't even actually know what that bill looks like on a yearly basis or whatever
0: you will be surprised
1: but i know that it's probably a good amount of money and i know in my mind that could be better used somewhere else and i know in my mind that i would be capable of running a kvm server that's you know probably more capable than the vmware given the hardware we have at our disposal
0: well let me let me put it this way do you think the Man hours, your man hours, more of them would go into maintaining VMware and keep in mind this includes like maintenance periods yeah, and, sure, and sure. when it experiences unexpected unexpected issues and things like that. Do you think more of that would be consumed by running a VMware lab or a KVM libvirt D kind of a thing?
1: And that is a great question and I understand the value in asking that type of question, but yeah. I think that by the time you set up an entire and I'm going to keep rolling with this example of VMware or uh yeah, VMware and KVM. I think that by the time you get through the process of setting up uh you know libvert and you take care of managing it in some kind of automated fashion and you take care of like the storage and the storage backups and stuff like that. I think that you've learned so much more than, you know, in terms of visibility about your system than you get with VMware that and the other thing is, is like it's not like you call VMware and they're like, we're instantly going to fix your problem. So, you know, even if you had to spend two hours on the on the Internet Googling a problem that you might have that's causing an outage, I think that warrants a faster response than you'd get from VMware still, in my opinion. Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. It's hard to take on that responsibility for that reason because you never know what's going to go wrong, right? Sure. So you you have to be fairly confident in your ability to not only know about the product as it is, but to know or to be able to troubleshoot a problem that you might not expect. And that's any systems administration role. Like, you never know exactly what's going to break or in what way. But –
0: Murphy's Law and all that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But going back to a VPN specifically, for me mm. personally, I've been rolling with OpenVPN since I started using Tectonic, which was when you were working there. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, I've run OpenVPN in a pretty bulletproof fashion for a long time. And fortunately, I've had you to ask, who obviously you do work for a VPN provider now, but you didn't back then, but you mm. still knew a shit ton. So, like, if they were to approach me and say, hey- you, know, you know why?
0: You know why I knew so much about OpenVPN? Because at that point,
2: tell us. Was-
1: Oh, well,
0: it's it's two part. First, I was part, hacking like the, the government
1: using OpenVPN. No, I, wasn't doing <laughs> I was doing that back then. he's doing it now though i worked for he's he's doing it now i
0: worked for like a tech support place that was primarily linux centric and i picked up a lot of open vpn experience there but then later at tectonic i may have set up a vpn gateway on my workstation oh (laughs) so so yeah really so basically something that someone all three of us know has
1: done yeah to an extent so here's the thing though it's like yeah Obviously, we're talking about two different things. So if, if someone mm-hmm. were to approach me tomorrow and say, hey, could you run a VPN for 10 to 20 people using OpenVPN and do it for less cost than we'd pay for a Cisco product? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because in my experience, OpenVPN is solid. As long as you're running it, you know, you're not using beta versions or some shit. It just works. I mean, there is some configuration that goes into it. You have to think about it a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you adjust the compression to your situation, whatever the case may be. It's easy. But you can have
0: a... You could even have a good, solid configuration
1: with just their quick start. Absolutely. you know Their yeah. quick start is fucking fantastic. I love OpenVPN's documentation. I always have. I've never had a bad experience with it. But if someone were to ask me the same question like you did about KVM, I'm not sure. My honest answer is, like, right now we obviously have VMware. I'd love to do them side by side for, like, a year or 18 months, and then make that decision. If after 18 months, it seems like it's feasible to manage something like the VM infrastructure in-house, great, let's migrate it. Hmm. Do it. And I think that's a good way to approach things really, because especially even, uh, you know, like thinking about Red Hat licensing. Let's say you're a smaller corporation. Maybe for the first two years, you get a support contract. But after that, everything's going okay. You have more competent admins. You have more hands-on time. Maybe you back off from that and start to utilize those funds to, you know, train your admins more, hire another person, whatever the case may be. But I just think there's different ways to go about skinning the same cat in that capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can actually that being the case that actually that would be a good discussion closely... topic for a future episode actually yeah i agree with that it's just what um, basically like how to make the decision for purchasing a product versus rolling your own yeah we can do that and we i'm sure we could get a guess for that one oh we yeah could, that'd be cool yeah that would be very cool that'd, that'd be a good guess episode too that actually ties into are we done with vpn
0: are you guys we are we are done with vpn yeah i'm pretty much done if sorry we, we got off okay. on a tangent but if we talk about vpn no more, it's, it's that's good gonna go nuts. <laughs> I uh, honestly I love. Moral I story, love VPNs. I think VPN. I'm the only. I think I'm the only one of the three of us that actually is like super
1: stoked about VPN in general. But I mean, whatever. I think it's awesome. <laughs> quick, quick plug for Spencer Crum of IBM who presented about Tink at, at Hope. When Brent and I were there, oh yeah,
0: Tink? Uh, yeah, he was
1: a he was a good speaker. I don't
0: think Tink is something that would be corporate appropriate, <laughs> no, no, no. though. And that's not yeah. my
1: point, certainly. More so, I just I went back and watched that, and I am playing with it just for fun on my own mm-hmm. equipment, and it's been an experience.
0: Yeah, Tink, love- I'll link to it in the notes so you can read up on all. So it was yeah. it basically like a, a meshed VPN kind of a thing. Interesting. It's more decentralized than OpenVPN can and, and all the a other alternatives.
1: OpenVPN with multiple servers,
0: you can you can you can do something called pooled gateway. okay yeah that's so it's
1: yeah so you can
0: have it's basically like a cluster of vpn gateways it's i've never experienced with it extensively myself but it's something i can easily do if i if i care to yeah anyways so relevant to the whole you know do it yourself versus get a corporate solution kind of a thing is our second topic for this this episode email
2: and hillary clinton is a is a (laughs) expert on this topic (laughs) <laughs> we Hillary Clinton obviously <laughs>
1: knows how to roll her own.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, because they were using <laughs> Exchange, so
0: I don't know if Exchange counts, because it's, it's supposed to be a drop-in kind of a thing, but ask any Exchange admin, and that's not absolutely true. So, email is... I want to preface this entire thing by saying email is a very difficult, complex, and terrible thing. (laughs) It will make you rip your hair out if you have to admin...
1: At, at least one email server email is an old well, ass technology it is and back uh, it's it was... been
0: well it's been it's been frequently updated to support new things
1: yeah and so it but... kind of goes two ways email is very vetted in that the way it works is pretty set in stone and understood by a lot very of people featureful too yeah but at the same time compared to something like you know xmpp which has a, a s- sort of guidelines for laying out new standards i don't think email necessarily has that quite the same way it yeah. does it's called the rfc yeah, but isn't there only like really a few RFCs that actually pertain to the different protocols
0: for email? Yeah, no. Are there no, really like a, a whole
1: shit ton of of RFCs built on it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's. Well, so with IPsec, sorry to go back to VPN for a sec, but IPsec has an RFC on how to read R- IPsec RFCs. Yeah. Well, you and read I'm it, so And I'm almost positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I have a feeling email has something very similar. The problem is, so you've got three major things. You've got POP, IMAP, and SMTP. That's the modern email configuration, right? And then you've got older ones, like Unix spooling That's
1: still technically email. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, and it's still in use in yeah. some places, to be fair. So sure, it's worth sure. mentioning. Yeah. The IRS still uses it. Really? Oh, it's terrifying. I've,
0: I've,
2: I've, I'm kidding because of the touch machine. Oh,
0: right, 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 right sorry sure that's all right I, I didn't get it though so it's, it's
1: whoosh <laughs> it's like a shitty it's joke but it is Shut it up. is
0: it is still being used uucp is still being used all these other really old protocols like i'm sure there's someplace still using pop one pop v1 the initial release of pop protocol and there's an RFC for each release of the pop and each extension to the pop protocol and things like that. So yeah, there's a shit ton of RFC pro- uh, email- uh RFCs for email related things. Mm-hmm. So when we say email, you you first need to clarify do you mean sending? Do you mean receiving? And if receiving, do you mean IMAP? Do you mean POP, you know? So it's a lot like IPsec in that regard too where it's it's a very old technology. It's very complex and not a lot of people do it right (laughs) it's really easy to do email wrong probably even easier than ipsec because you know there are already so many open relays and things like that because of misconfigured mail server and that's how spam happens yeah you know it's a misconfigured email server nine out of ten times unless it's a compromised email account you know nine out of ten times it's going to be a compromised an, a misconfigured email server well, so check your mx's and yes
2: i i remember setting up you know the the email server that I run and mm-hmm. just being almost overwhelmed
0: at yeah. some of the stuff it's... that you
2: had to set and make sure it was running and make sure it was, was, was configured properly. I mean, email people assume that it's just, you know, you just type and go and realistically, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, I mean, realistically, you know, mm-hmm. if you ever want to, if you ever
0: doubt that open up your, your email client and learn how to read the full message headers. Oh, yeah. You'll see the whole path of an that an email takes, and you will like if you thought HTTP had some complex headers, email has that beat by far. It, it's yeah. it's so much. There's so much header overhead. You know, yeah. like I I'd say the the average email. Is probably at least 15 lines of headers. So it's I, it's very complex.
2: Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy. And I, I just, you know, I I mean, to this day, I, I'm glad I have it. I'm glad I have the experience of, mm-hmm. of, of running it. But if someone came up to me and said, Peyton, we want you to, to run a, an email server for us. I'd be like, um, yeah, here's your options. Office 365 or, or Google Apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> personally. I mean, that's Yeah, what this is one of the few,
1: I don't want to say one of the few. I mean, there's lots of shit I haven't done, but uh I've actually never run my own mail server. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I kind of uh You're you're I not a to. real sysadmin
2: then, sorry.
0: All right. <laughs> so for those daring enough to do it, Okay. I do have some recommendations. Don't bother with qmail. <laughs> oh God, it's just so old at this point that and, and and the author of qmail is is not one of my favorite people. Mostly because how he handles like vulnerability reports and things like that, he just discounts them basically. Yeah. Stick stick to postfix. Stick to Dovecot.
2: I agree with those things so far. Yeah, yeah.
0: don't bother with sendmail. Like, yeah, it's it's available by default on just about every Linux distro. That doesn't mean it's good. It's overcomplex and it's it's Antiquated, in my opinion, go postfix and dovecot. Read every single email, RC. I mean, it every single one, even the outdated ones, because you're gonna learn how, why, and how the new ones were formed from that. Set up SPF number one, you know, definitely set up SPF. Set up open DKIM, DKIM.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with all these so
0: far. Set up DMARC, which I still need to do for us, by the way. Yeah, make I'll sure to PTR. Shh.
1: That's fine. Whatever. I'll do it before this drops. (laughs) (laughs) I might. might. Edit. It's been done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Errata has been done. Has been done. <laughs> yeah, DMARC, PTR is also really important. You want to make sure those those PTR records, those re- quote unquote reverse DNS records are in place too. Between RDNS/PTR slash and SPF, that's going to cut down on 90% of you being flagged as spam. Yeah.
1: So, do you uh, either of you have a good like full document for setting up your own email server?
0: No. No. At this point, well, it's the- it's I've got snippets of a working config that I have saved, and then I just adapt from there. Well, the (laughs) ArchWiki... Because it's such a pain in the ass to...
2: The ArchWiki has some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I I mean you can certainly use that. I, I would I would definitely try to compile from more than just there. Right. And I I mean I'll be perfectly frank here. I I, I contacted Ruth and said, Hey man, I'm I'm confused. I'm stuck here. And he really helped me get through the, the worst part of it. I, I would recommend yeah, like like Fred said, definitely read the RFC, you know, reach out to someone you trust to maybe walk you through some of the harder parts. It's I it's a pain in the ass. I have a, I have a little mm. anecdote, though, about email. Oh, yeah? If you guys like to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I so I had a previous, in my previous, previous, like, job, I had a customer, a user that got a lot of spam, and we were hosting him on a Zimbra, and we had Spam Assassin and all that, and he was mm. getting literally hundreds of spam emails a day. He would just, his phone would just bing, 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 like that, and mm. we said, well... You know, we've enabled the rules should stop. I don't know what he was doing. I have no idea if he was just throwing his email address out there for everyone. He must have gotten signed up for something. I don't know. There was nothing mm. we could do. I, like, we could not stop the spam coming to him. It was just incessant. He might have been sending it too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I firmly believe that, you know, he fucked something up and he was trying to blame us for it, you know, mm. but it was just, it was just constant. Like, I, like I watched his, his phone one day. He brought it in. He's like, "Fix my phone." I'm like, "Okay." So I'm sitting here watching it, and it's just email, email. It, it was just never ending. It was never ending. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Dude, yeah, you might need to change your email address." No, no, I can't. I, I can't do that. I can't do this. <laughs> um, yes, very actually you filtering. Can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I told him about that. Oh, I don't want to do that either. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, then you're gonna have to deal with this, there, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. So that's my little anecdote. I know it wasn't a great actor, but it was, <laughs> I was. I was thinking I was about
0: for the shoe to drop, like he was like involved in some scam
2: email chain or something. But well, he was kind of a jackass. To me you know. <laughs> that's good he enough was, for that's me. That's a he scam was, right there. He, he was he he was one of those kind of users that's you know like you know fix it it's broken. What did you do? I didn't do. I I didn't do anything. Yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't do anything. And yeah. then he and then he brings it to me, and it's clear that he's been browsing, you know, fucking the onion websites or whatever. Uh, wait a minute, there. Now, you know, you're you're kind of an idiot. What are you doing? You know?
0: Mm, yeah. What what mess have you gotten into? But I'm glad you mentioned spam assassin. That's another one I should have mentioned and neglected to spam assassin. Uh-huh. Very very important. And it even then, like you can you can spend hours and days tweaking your your scoring filtering and still come up with with spam. So another. thing thing that helps a lot is implementing blacklists. There's a lot of good blacklists out there. Mm, um definitely. The the thing to watch out for with that though is like ethically I'm not I'm still on the fence about how I feel about them.
1: About what now? Black blacklists. blacklists. Oh. There's some
0: that are there's some that I would say are, are an issue in terms of ethics because True tell. you know there's there's well there's a Barracuda Network appliance I forget the name of it but mm-hmm. Barracuda Networks puts out an appliance that basically acts as a, a a relay in front of your actual mail server and it will check and see if it it's spam it does it keeps like a distributed list and that list gets merged into many other black public blacklists right the problem with that is users can flag addresses and SMTP hosts as spam. So if you send out a newsletter and you follow all of the can-spam regulations, you are legally not spam. You do everything right. All it takes is one user flagging it as spam, and you're on a blacklist. Yeah. And that's that's why some of them I have a big problem with.
2: Uh, oh, but oh, I'm sorry. I, but I, they do help. I remember, yeah. I remember he was on a blacklist as well. He, he got blacklisted. <laughs> So he was he was sending spam too and then he would complain about the I, I'm sorry to go back to that I, I apologize I just remembered and mm. I just you know it's just it's funny to me that that you know his comment was always just fix it. Like um, you're on a blacklist. It takes sometimes never to get off one. It's, mm-hmm. you know it's it's you, you you fuck you you fucked up. You need to most likely change your shit. You know yeah. So
1: sort of anyway. is an interesting thing to say about that. You've heard of spam house? Yes. So we have uh, our storage boxes at work that send mail just for like things that actually <laughs> need to. But just to us, like literally just to us. Yeah. But somehow like once in a while they'll get on the block list and I have to contact them and be like, hey, can you take this off? Because it literally like for some reason the boxes (laughs) cannot send mail anymore. I don't understand. real fucking annoying
2: that's that's funny dude i actually
1: just had to do that on monday
0: oh my god oh gosh but yeah email is very tricky and there was a i think we may have mentioned it on the show there was a a thread about running your own emails over on twitter i ran into and yeah the the general community (laughs) is in agreement where you know if you really 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 don't know what you're doing or like if you're not if you're not extensively experienced with it and and have read the RFCs and things like that, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Yeah. Really, do not do it. So I shouldn't because it. it uh, <laughs> I would I would read up on it a lot first. Yeah. Go,
2: go ahead, Jayton. Go ahead. I think you remember your last experience and telling people you that you were. Uh, what, what was that again? That you said that couldn't happen to you?
0: Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> no, that. no, that was that was <laughs> out a band. So we're not we're not talking about that. But
2: <laughs> I I. Didn't mention
0: anything. Though, well. Yeah. Well, I re- well the the Twitter thing like it sticks out of my mind because there was one guy like yeah oh and you can't
1: Swift on security was in on it It was a huge fucking debacle it was it was well, because the uh, problem is like the f- co- the free tards no 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 the free tards were all about it they were like
0: yeah run your own email server like. F like fuck
1: the man and all yeah. that and and well it was I'm all like, sparked by who originally posted the article that said you should be running your own email
0: I don't know but the e- the e- article was bullshit yeah it was total bullshit yeah we, we have I'll see if I can dig somewhere. up the thread but
1: I thought. We'll, we'll
0: dig it up yeah maybe I'll, I'll look for it but yeah most of the opposition to you know people who are actually in the industry saying no don't run your email server are people who like there was one guy in particular who was like oh isps are evil they don't let you you know they don't open outbound 25 or they don't you know let you run your own email server and like everybody should run their own email server even if they don't have the knowledge to do it and i saw that guy I, I yeah saw that it was funny yeah all in all in the name of opsec and and freedom right the problem with that is number one isps are a privatized business mm-hmm. they are under no obligation well, to, plus, to follow your win realistically you they're know?
1: protecting themselves Th- yeah. and
0: that's my second big point is like yeah okay you might have like one guy out of a thousand who actually knows how to not become a spam zombie everybody else is going to get spam zombie to hell because once upon a time isps did allow outbound 25 and that's that's what happened. So I think there that's was, why
2: it's blocked now. There's been, yeah. I mean, that's it's yeah. crazy. Well, oh, and no, I think no. it's
1: I think it's telling. Like, if someone were to ask us, like, oh, should I try running my own VPN or should I try setting up my own XMPP server, and we'd be like, yeah, absolutely, do it. Yeah, but the fact low that risk. the three of us yeah. are basically agreeing and saying, don't run your own email unless you. I mean, there is a learning experience to be had from mm-hmm. it, and that is really why. And I it's would good do it. experience. Yeah, I and think it's,
0: it's good to learn it. But you need to learn it and learn it really well before you make that shit public.
2: Yeah, I mean, my like my mail server is—it's not a primary mail server; it's a mm-hmm. secondary. I can lose it. I can lose it at any time. Yeah, I'll I'll be upset that I lost it, and they're you know. But it's not that I—it's not like I can't rebuild it, you know. But yeah. uh, I, I definitely... you want
0: to you want to have a fun time, Peyton? What's that in your in your postfix config? And don't actually do this because you you're, you're going to hate me if you actually do this. But <laughs> if you want to have a fun time. You can make yourself a bounce admin where you get a copy of every single bounce, both delivered and sent. Oh! And guess what? Bounces. What? Spam. <laughs>
2: guess.
0: <laughs> guess what's a really easy way to test if your spam filter is working? Bounce admin by receiving a copy of every single bounce. Yeah, right. You will. You will see just how hard an email server is actually hammered, and it's it's a lot. And it's it's, and it's a lot.
2: And it's not like it's you know it's, uh, there are people. With machines that just scan for these things, mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. you know you can just spool up a web server and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm okay." No, no, you are probably getting hammered pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I would, I would venture that what you don't see, like you're saying, what you mm-hmm. don't see is not is not good for you. It's you, you really need to have a good idea of what's actually hitting you to to really truly understand that
0: to appreciate that we're not just being tin foil freaks here, right, tin foil right, right. hat freaks here, we're- right? Like when I say you will get hammered, I mean it. You will get hammered. Even if you don't have anything run run a honeypot on 25 and see what happens. <laughs> you're you're going to just start collecting all the packets on there and it's you're going to see just how many people are just mindlessly scanning for open relays and misconfigured email servers. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a yeah. mess. It, it truly but is. But you know what? Really at the end of the day it's still kind of the best we got, you know? Like it's <laughs> supported everywhere well it's not like emails going anywhere right yeah like it's got such wide support
2: yeah yeah i I was gonna say i mean there's really what it does there's really no there's really nothing better yeah right, right exactly especially and there
0: are some things that may arguably be better like xmpp with you know provided you add offline messaging support but it still can't beat email because there's it still feels too synchronous and email is is great asynchronous communication Yeah, absolutely. it's, it's, It's just hard to beat, but I don't know yeah I think I'm done with that are you guys done with email yeah I don't
1: really have anything more to say I think we should uh, probably move along yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd I like to email.
0: yeah I'd, I'd like to talk more about email in the future but I think for a broad overview well I, our, uh, I
2: think what we should say is that if other people have questions or concerns about email they should be more they should feel free to you know reach out to us and,
0: yeah you know. and if you're an exchange admin uh, get in touch with us because
2: we <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to hear from you sorry and, and about see your if you still have your stuff. sanity
0: yeah sorry about your life let us know if we'd uh
2: If there's a support group, we can help you find. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So
1: with that said, Jason, you want to take the baddie? Yeah, I can take the baddie. So there was a a tweeter who tweeted on Twitter. (laughs) A a user on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. How how do we know this guy?
0: I don't know. I just found him in my
1: my Twitter stream. Okay. So Adam Kuzinski, it seems like he's probably from Deutschland or something. Mm -hmm. But he tweeted, I'm still wondering how at Deutsche Bank is even allowed to operate with that quote unquote exactly eight digits password policy. So Brent from the podcast account tweeted at this user and said, "Hey, could we have some details?" And so he changed or uh sorry, he pasted, I think I'm drunk, the access code change rules for this website. Yeah, so there's the a-
0: actual policy
1: yeah yeah so uh it says please remember the pin code's a confidential number according to this it should not be revealed to a third person remember the basic Good. security re- rules while defining it. Uh, <laughs> it must be eight digits three identical characters cannot be in a row and it can't be a sequence of successive digits in e- increasing or decreasing order so it can't be like one two three four five six seven eight so or basically 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, two one yeah. there is a bank and we will link to the bank because they have a website. But it is db.com. And apparently at least the... Actually, their website's not even working now. So they must have gotten compromised. Now, mm. oh, here it is. Um... <laughs> so the default language is Dutch. So, you know, if you can read it, whatever. But their password mm. policy apparently is that you have to use eight numbers for your password. Exactly. With eight. Very... No more, no less. Exactly. With very loose rules. So let's just talk well, about the fucking Very loose
0: rules and a very limited character set. Only numerical. That's what digit means. Yeah, exactly. Only numerical. Yeah. Zero to nine. I...
2: Well, so, at, well, at least it cannot contain the successive digits in, in increasing or decreasing order. I mean, that's, you know... That's or three in a row. I mean... Wow. Or three in a row. But actually, but honestly, that, makes,
1: that makes it worse in this case. Right, right, right. How's that? So, based on those rules, actually, and we can publish the rules, when we come out with merchandise, mm-hmm. if you are the first one that tweets us a DM, or DMs us on Twitter with the correct answer to how many password combinations that is, oh, yeah. I'll is, I'll, I'll buy you a t-shirt and send it to you. Okay. I yeah. already worked it out before the show, actually, because I was curious but it's not very many passwords you can it's, it's, really it's not neat. many at I all. mean if you have a modern computer you can basically crack every possible password in well under a few days
0: no i mean if you're if you're using something like I, ocl hashcat yeah re- I, realistically I would you can do I would this put in less than 24
1: hours so easily ye-
0: way very less way less we're, we're talking maybe we're, less than an hour hold on hold on hold if on if we got multiple well, core you're yeah. giving, by the way you're
2: giving too much information no i'm not if you want people to tweet us, no we're gonna get no good. just send me the because it all math. depends on it's okay, not meant okay, to, to be
1: hard math. i mean i want to give a t-shirt away i love you all except some of you but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't you don't love taters I'm anyways not anybody out
0: anyways so that's our baddie. Hats off to whoever thought that was a fucking good idea. Yeah, fuck idea. that.
1: If you have a bank account with them, first of all, Don't. thanks for listening to us from Deutschland. Um. <laughs> why do you keep calling them Deutschland instead of Germany? Just no, say it's German. This is an English podcast. This
0: You're the reason why we get non-English speakers on our channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: No. In any case, if you have an account with them, fucking close it. And if you need someone to transfer your funds, let me know.
2: We will. We will gladly. We so will that will give your you his direct deposit
1: you. info. Yeah. Also, if you have any account names for that bank, <laughs> no, just kidding.
2: Oh gosh! I, I, did you That's really? Did you really just say that?
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah! yeah. I can Literally. Do you know how long it would? Take? No. Just fucking forget it. Just, just, just don't even, just don't Not, even go there. I can't even fucking deal eight you numbers. You should stop right now. With the restrictions stop right put in now. place, narrows down should, like a lot of combinations. Right you should stop right
0: now. Just That's stop. fucking bullshit. Just stop. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, it's also fixed the length. So exactly there's yeah. no guesswork yeah there's there is literally zero guesswork in there the, okay whatever yeah just show us the math fuck
1: you Maybe, DB. Any... fuck you and your bank yeah
0: i kind of want to generate a, a dictionary for that just to see how long it would take to
1: also how long do you think it would take to i mean i guess the account name is the yes wild card but like there's got to be some pretty common account names i'm guessing
0: sure yeah i mean that's that's honestly probably something you can just get with like a, a phishing page or yeah. something so
1: if you go to their client logins they have online banking for germany belgium india italy portland oh (laughs) poland (laughs) did you say did you really (laughs) say off portugal and spain how do you all right
0: this has been since administration thanks for listening i'm
1: brent i'm obviously a fucking idiot
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm Peyton. see you around